Hey Brisbane, the Mixtape Tour is coming to your area of planet Earth. Saturday the 22nd of Jan 2022 at the Princess Theatre in Brisbane. Tickets on sale now through Ticketmaster. All other info on www.theprincesstheatre.com.au We cannot wait until January 22 to come over to Brisbane. It's been way too long. See you soon. Woohoo! How you going, guys? Hello there. How's things all around Australia and around the world? This is the 80s montage. I'm Sammy Hardon. And I'm Jay Jovi. What a track to open with. Oh, always gets me excited. Was that the first track on the album? I think it was. Um, I'm assuming, yeah. It was the first track. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Oh, good. You need to rock yeah. it up your ass if you don't get a good vibe on that song. Yeah, it's great playing it in the car, that song. Really good to sort of get you pumped like when you're driving. Yes. Yeah, you've got Absolutely. to set your, uh, set your bloody cruise control so that you don't speed. I tend, when I've got like a pump and rock song on, the speed just sort of drifts up, you know. You've got to be careful. Well, that's why they say you should work out to rock music at the gym. Is that right? Because, oh, God, yeah. Like, and I think the, the best band is Motley Crue or ACDC is actually. Ah. Like there's actually been things, you know, like people have actually, you know, worked it out and they think ACDC is the best workout music you can use yeah. for the gym. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about, uh, you know, like like rock tracks, like, well, what was called heavy metal in the 80s, you know, and – I don't know why it is. I think it's because just recently at school we played like a big sort of selection of different genre and, and you know, I'm sitting there sort of listening and I enjoy all genre of music and then it got to rock and I just heard the guitars 
and just something in my belly really I was it has been so long since we've gigged and I've been around a live rock guitar and I I love it it's my thing you know it's my essence that sound I just love it and so I've been sort of exploring these albums and stuff so what we're looking at today what are we looking at yeah. Sammy well, our favourite album covers, really. So we're just going to chat about the albums and the covers and, and the songs or whatever we think of, really. Because we're going to have Batesy back to sort of spin some vinyls in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we are. We are. We thought we'd just sort of start the dialogue by looking at the album covers because we love yes. vinyls. Sammy's got an amazing collection. You know, I'm sure I'm sure Batesy's got one that would just blow your mind. And, you yeah. know, mine's... Mine's not bad. Mine's not bad. Well, these covers to me, the ones I've picked are really what my childhood was about. Yeah. And it's it's possibly, look, some, a lot of the times records were put out and they released singles over the two years. It wasn't just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. They actually put the first single out and then a year later the fourth single might come out. It was a mm. different industry back then. So it took up a good year and a half chunk of your life to two years that you looked at these album covers and I'm sure people have their I'm sure there's millions of people that have their own covers, but we're going to look at some of the ones that we like and just iconic ones as well. Yeah. And you brought up a very good point there and that's looking at the album covers. When you were a kid, you just used to sit with the album cover while you were playing the record and just stare at it, like take it all in. And this is why the artwork of uh, especially 80s album covers is so considered and so important. You would stare at it for hours and hours and hours and hours, just taking in every little detail, you know? Absolutely. And there were people hired to do album covers and there were fantastic artists and it's just not the same. Now it's all download so we don't get to see much artwork. It would be a photo. Like you can do your own artwork now, you know? Yeah. Where people were paid hundreds of dollars to do the artwork for this for album. So the first album is really interesting and – Maddie was like, we really need to bring this album up because this one has a great story about it, Appetite for Destruction. Yeah, it does. This one's awesome. This came out in July 21, 1987 uh, through Geffen Records. This is their debut album. This is Guns N' Roses, of course. Um, I loved it so much. I loved it so much when it came out. This year of music, I've talked about it before. Very important in terms of my development, mm -hmm. uh, musical development and so forth. I used to pour over this album. Now, I'm not sure. Maybe it's the same story, the thing that you're thinking about. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Yep. It is? Oh, okay. Uh, so they originally released it in the US and it didn't particularly do well at first because it was very controversial. They released mm. it first and it was very con controversial. And a lot of music retailers refused to stock it because the album artwork was so con controversial. It originally had, and you can actually see the original artwork on the inside of the album, and it's of like this robot rapist that is either, he's either just done it or he's about to, you know, um, rape this chick. She's sort of sitting on the ground and over the fence Where he's jumping. Where can I buy one of them? <laughs> A robot rapist. Did <laughs> uh, that come with the album? Yeah, yeah, you get a voucher. Wow. Yeah. No, so you, you bloody, you see this um, in the artwork, there's this 
like a monster with like knives for teeth jumping over the fence. And like, you know, as a young metalhead, you just thought like, oh, this is just a really sort of metal provocative image. And what, what it's actually trying to represent, the robot is the industry that's fucking the girl. The girl represents the audience and the 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 sort of metal monster jumping over with the with the teeth that's rock music rock mm. music's going to come to fuck the industry up and i loved that i loved that when i learned that i thought that was fantastic but didn't she have a titty out what were we going to say she's she kind of got a titty tit out? out yeah and i yeah, yeah she kind of got a titty out but i mean it's a cartoon you know it's a cartoon yeah tit. yeah yeah uh wow. and they they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't deal with it, the retailers, and so they had to swap it. And they, they swapped it with this beautiful drawing that this guy did and it's it's uh, like a, a cross, like a sort of Celtic cross, and it's got sort of each of the members' skulls on each sort of point of the cross with, with Axel in the middle and Axel with his little sort of Civil War cap on. And they've got their own hair. So you know who they are because they've got their own hair and their own hats and you know who they are from the hair. I always thought that was funny that the skulls had hair. But um, that's obviously so you can identify them. But, I mean, I loved – that was the only cover that I knew. Uh, And, like, in Australia that's how it was represented. That's the only cover I knew and I absolutely used to love it. I I used to think that was – I was obsessed with that. I used to stare at the skulls and – you know, it used to freak the shit out of me as a kid. I just thought it was so dangerous and so awesome. Uh, originally, the band actually wanted a picture of um, Space space Shuttle Challenger exploding. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. and David Geffen said, no, nah, it's bad taste. You're not, you're not doing that. But that's what they wanted. That's how controversial they wanted to go. And this, this sort of monster jumping over the fence was the compromise. And then this, the, the Celtic cross was the further co- uh, compromise. So there you go. It's a great cover. Absolutely. So it had uh, five singles off that record as well, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. So uh, it's, it's So Easy and Mr Brownstone, June the 15th, 1987. Welcome to the Jungle was next. Sweet Child of Mine was 88. So that mm-hmm. was... God, nearly a year after the first single, really. Yeah. It only Paradise got sort of, City, yeah. It only sort of took off in that second year. Yes. And that's like a lot of the records out in the 80s too. You'd be surprised at how many actually took a while to get their feet and and people just grabbed onto one of the songs and then that was it. You only needed one song. Yeah. And I guess Sweet Child was that one, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. And it was sort of pre-internet. So things sort of spread a little slower and it a lot of it relied on the bands actually touring, people seeing them and then ringing the radio stations if the album yeah. wasn't available in their record shop and, and requesting the song. You know, that's how it was done in the old days. But the, the artwork was done by a guy called Billy White Jr. Every, there's, this, there's this urban myth that Slash did it. Because Slash does famous for doing drawings and stuff, but Slash didn't do it. It's this guy, uh, Billy White Jr. So there you go. And this album was uh, 53 minutes and 52 seconds long. That's a long album. Yeah. They're big songs. Long They're really big album. songs. And the thing is they, they – I mean, if they could have gotten away with it, they probably 
would have done a a longer album. They probably would have done a double album because a yeah. lot of the songs that didn't make it, they then released for the next fucking 10 years or so. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, songs that got on to Use Your Illusion and and so forth, a lot of those were sort of demoed and recorded even around this time. So they, they really did a lot of their best work around this first album period. Even um, You Could Be Mine, the one that they did for Terminator, that was written sort of right back in, in at this time. So... Right. Now, another interesting thing that they did with the album, and I really love this, instead of having – they did it with some releases. They did with some initial releases. Instead of having side A and side B, they had side G and side R. And the first six tracks apparently – they deal with drugs and, you know, drugs and hard life, living in the city, blah, blah, blah. And that's the guns or the G. And the other side, the roses side, that's the one that deals with sex and relationships and love and so forth. And that's your, that's your roses. So there you go. I like that. I do too. Marketing was so good in the 80s. So clever. It was really – you had to be clever. You, you had, had to, to be, be clever. clever. There was so much competition. Yeah. And there's competition now, I guess, with YouTube, but people think they're better than they are. That's the problem. Yeah. So there's not that much competition, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy thinks he can play guitar. Like when we released our our show the other week with Mick on it, all these Mick fucking Newton, wanna, yeah. Mick Newton, all these wannabe musos are like, ah, oh, check out my page, fucking yeah, get me on the fucking yeah, yeah. I'm like, dudes, so uncool. You're also oh, people shit. People want to get on. Oh yeah, <laughs> so shit. And um, I was like, no, that's not. You know me. I'm like, no, that's not gonna happen. And I thought, well, that's how people think, though. It's that easy. Like it's so easy to do this and and get really good promoters on or really good people on your show. It's actually not. You need to really have something. That someone, you know, like there has to be a give and take. These guys just want to jump on the bandwagon and I think that's the difference now compared to what it is on the 80s. In the 80s you just went in your lane and if it took off it, it was great, you know. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Do you know anybody with – I think Rip owns the original artwork. I think he owns a copy of the album with the original artwork. I think Possibly. he does. Because Rip's likely to sort of – you know, buy something online for, you know, 500 bucks. <laughs> Probably yeah. worth more than a lot more it than that. It would be worth very a rare. lot, absolutely. Mm. But that's the first iconic uh, album cover we have. A little the fave. second one is one of mine. This, for me, is the most iconic record com- uh, cover in the history of the 80s Do you music. know what? This was but. the first one I thought of. Oh, right. When, okay, Yeah, great. when we were like doing this, this was, was yeah. the first one I thought of. But you sent your list through first and I was like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love this one. Really good. So we'll play a track from it, which is the opening number and the album track and enjoy this. Yeah. 
Fucking good. So great. Purple cover or maroon, whatever you want to call it. Blew my mind as a kid to have – I had it on tape. So I had a yeah. ghetto blaster and a tape. I didn't get it on vinyl. I got it on vinyl later on in life. But iconic, that whole artwork, which was very Japanese feel. I think it was Patrick Nagel did the artwork. Yeah, and that's right. The whole album was full of tracks that we knew of and then different tracks and it was incredible. And for me, this was uh, one of my favourite all-time albums, 1982. So the 10th of May 1982 it was released worldwide. I think in America it was released a little bit later. Mm. It went number one in Australia and Canada. Uh, Producer Colin Thurston, which we talked about last week with the Day on the Green special. And it's basically... A banger after a banger and then there's a couple of ballads and it's all shot in Sri Lanka and this is where Russell Mulcahy come in and he was doing all the video clips. That it's just, it was an epic statement of five guys, you know, lifting the tourism in Sri Lanka for one, putting out fantastic records and using amazing artwork that, I mean, unfortunately, this guy died not long after, I don't think. He did. He died two years after. Yeah. He went to a um, Heart Association (laughs) charity gig to to raise money for for Heart Association and died of a heart attack a couple of days later or something. He did, yeah. He was doing like some aerobics thing for a section and it was too much for him and had a heart attack and died. Poor prick. The one thing I love about this album, though, not only the album cover, it took you on a journey. So we'd heard, we had heard My Own Way, which I'm going to play now, which was off the first album, and I think it was on a compilation album as well. But I just want to play the first version of My Own Way. And then when you were little, you got the second version of My Own Way and it just confused the fuck out of me. I was like, why are they doing this song differently? What's going on? But <laughs> I think they were getting the, the whole album done for America and reproduced. It was that time where America wanted a different version of, you know, the European sound and stuff like that. So I'm just going to play this banger. So if you're a Duran Duran fan, enjoy this because this is one of the best Duran Duran songs ever.
my Love own it. way. Oh, what a song. It's so Love great. It. So we get that on the first album and then we get another version of the same track on Rio, which also works and it's very different from the original My Own Way. And I just want to play that because as a kid I was totally – I just didn't know what was going on. It was like, have they made a mistake or whatever? But you were, we're only 12, you know, what do you expect? So the other version on Rio went like this. Both really sexy. Is that second one a little bit slower? A little it bit funkier. It is definitely slower. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, love look. It. I don't know if it's funkier. I think it's groove, sort of groove based. But I actually prefer the first one. I will admit, and it's yeah, very fashion right. parade. The first one where they're running around with fans in their hands yeah. and they're all Spanishy and stuff. That one I I enjoy, but. Just blew my mind. I was like, how are they doing this? Why are they doing this? But that's what Duran were like and, and you know, they went through so many different producers to work on, on their own music and stuff. But I love that part of it and I always – it used to always really confuse me. I love how Duran Duran didn't sort of just get rid of their alternate versions. They used to really embrace them and use them in – new and innovative ways, you know what I mean? They they rather than rather than just sort of shelve them and you would never hear of them until sort of years after when they did a re-release or something. They would do different things with them like night the night versions and so forth. And I love that about them. It's really cool. Yeah. Well I think Duran Duran out of everyone were the ones that used to have the different B sides and everything was marketed so perfectly because the fans wanted more. Even though the record was out and they got this beautiful Rio cover to look at, we wanted more. And the B-sides were always fantastic. The B-side to this was um, a really cool track called Like an Angel, which was a, which was incredible. But Duran used to give a lot of music out and that's why their 12 inches used to go so fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, right. And I've got all the little CD singles, like mm-hmm. from – there's millions of them, CD singles and night version was only one thing and then they put out this and they put yeah. out – it was just incredible. So always good to listen to. Yeah, yeah. And they had an awesome alternate version of this album, didn't they, in Europe. They, it was another Patrick Nagel and sort of a similar – They chick, did, like, they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they yeah. did. His Love artwork's that. great. 
Fantastic. Very, very 80s. It's just like synonymous with the 80s, that look. So 80s and really he used to uh, work for Playboy, Patrick. Oh, is that in right? In the old days, yeah. So the whole woman thing was his thing. Yeah. And the lines and all that. But fantastic artist and I'm so glad that art and music came together like that. Yeah, Nowadays absolutely. it's not like that. No. That's right. And we got, of course, Hungry Like the Wolf off that album, 4th of May 1982. Everyone loves it. That's the one that really exploded for them. Mm, yeah. Again, shot in Sri Lanka with, you know, the rolling around in the jungle and with the little boys and stuff. And uh, shot in Sri Lanka, Save a Prayer they, was as well. They weren't rolling around with the little boys. They weren't the rolling boys, around with. The little no. boys Remember were the watching. Remember the little kid at the start with <laughs> yes. the tyre? He's yes. so cute. Like you remember the kids with the tyre or, you know, incredible. But I'd really like to go to Sri Lanka and I remember thinking, where the fuck Sri Lanka? Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that far away. I was looking at a beautiful holiday destination in Sri Lanka the other day and just yeah. thought it might be a nice alternative to, you know, Bali, Thailand, so forth. I've got some friends from Sri Lanka as well and it just seems like a really beautiful culture. I'd love to check it out. Absolutely. We should actually do Rio, I think, in Rewind 80s. Fuck yeah, because 100%. that would be a great opening and then, yeah. you know, you could have the, the video clip in the background or just the photo of the Rio album would be enough to just make people love it, you know. It's got to be Rio, if you think of like, if you could only pick one song to represent the 80s, Rio has got to be up there. You know what I'm saying? Just all of it, the film clip, the, totally. the artwork, the, the track itself, the band, you know. Yeah, love it. Absolutely. Russell Mulcahy was in there, our Aussie Russell mm-hmm. who was. But see, you know, um, Bill who did our photos for our band, was on that shoot. Yep. And I was in a, I think it was some modelling agency one day and they had a TV on and Music Max came on and I think it was Save a Prayer came on and he goes, oh, my God, I worked on that. And I went, he wouldn't say that unless he had of because he wouldn't know what the video clip was. Yeah, right. And he's got some really funny stories but he was the photographer on that and I think he did their makeup as well. Little bit Fuck. of makeup they had on, yeah. He, wow. He's an incredible makeup artist, but oh, yeah, great. that was my first one. Rio producer Colin Thurston, as we said, forty-two minutes and thirty-eight seconds long. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good size. Awesome. That's what she said. Yes. And uh, yeah, we're going to go to number three now, which is fantastic as well. I hope I've picked a good song for you. Yeah, check it out. Just play it. And we'll talk about it. Information, information, information. Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one? You are number six. I am not a number. I am a free man.
we're all prisoners. Yeah, Iron Maiden, guys, The Number of the Beast. Absolutely love this. This is their third album in as many years. They had the first two, first one was Iron Maiden in 1980. Then they had Killers, 81. And then this one, The Number of the Beast. I was the only four-year-old that knew all the words to Run to the Hills and Number of the Beast when I was, like, going to kindy. And this album has, like, such a special place in my heart. I just love it. Like, a lot of this stuff was, yeah, my introduction to music. Meatloaf, Iron Maiden. My brothers just absolutely loved it and just used mm. to flog it. They used to love this. Um, my brother used to pick me up from kindy in his Land Rover. It was like an old sort of beaten up Land Rover, not like a flash one. And we used to pump this in the car. And I remember getting in trouble because, when you know, being, well, my brother got in trouble because I, you know, it was in the kitchen at the at the dining table singing six, 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 the number of the bees. The only four-year-old, like, you know, singing those words. And mum and dad were fucking horrified. Oh, yeah. Horrified. My brother got in so much trouble. And I sort of picked up swearing from him giving lifts to his mates and, you know, they'd be fucking this and fucking that in the car. And I picked it all up and picked up all the lyrics to the songs and everything. So, like, I was like, I thought I thought I was an adult, you know. Like, everyone else in my life was an adult uh, being the youngest with my brothers. And I just thought I was on par with them. It's like when your dog thinks it's a person, you know, you have to... <laughs> So, yeah, Number of the Beast, I love this. This has got, uh, of course, Eddie on the title. Eddie's like their mascot uh, and everybody thinks that Eddie's a zombie but he's not necessarily. He's sort of different things depending on what they need him to be for the album and so forth. Like he's he's sometimes he's a mummy, sometimes he's a robot. Um, he, he does look quite undead but it comes from in their, in their early shows they used to have this big – paper mache head and, you know, over time it just sort of got broken down and fucking bits hanging off it and everything. And they all it, they got the name Eddie because they used to call it the head but because they're British it would be like the Ed. They'd say oh, the yeah. Ed yeah, and then it course. became Eddie the Ed, you know, Eddie the Ed. And so, yeah, Eddie. Eddie's the name of their mascot and Eddie is sort of on the cover of uh, all of their albums. This one – was really, really controversial because Eddie is um, – Eddie has – Eddie's like in the background and Eddie's got this marionette and the marionette is Satan. Wow. And then Satan is holding a marionette and it's Eddie, like this little Eddie. Ooh. And I guess the message is – the message is like who is controlling who, you know, who's controlling who in this world. It's a sort mm. of – message behind it but look the look the lyrics the name of the album the cover was just too much for people who were conservative and particularly in the u.s it it people were freaking out about it you know freaking out about it and this is 82 you know so um very conservative world and people really sort of thought this band was the most dangerous band in the world but I love them at four years old. I loved them. Did you have the vinyl and the tape? Had the vinyl and the tape. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, because you 30... needed the tape in the car. Of course. The, you had well, the they were the home. days where you couldn't record the vinyl, really. Yeah, That didn't that's sort right. of happen until a couple of years later where you could get a, a disc or, sorry, mm. a cassette and, and then record the vinyl. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You needed a special sort of stereo that had it all sort of yes, built into one. And they Maybe cheap. you could do it. No, that's right. They were so expensive. Mm. So bloody expensive. But yeah, my brother had this album. He sort of my brother now sort of denounces Iron Maiden, like, oh yeah, I used to listen to it because my mates used used to listen to it. But I know if I put it on, he would absolutely love it, you know, absolutely yeah. love it. And this is my brother Wade, whom I love, who's had a really tough year. I know he won't be listening to this, but sending energy out to my brother, he needs it at the moment. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, lo- loved it. Such a great memory p- having this pumped in the car, just me and him. He was he was my hero in those days. Yeah. He was just he yeah. was my hero, you know. Just loved it. So really good memories surrounding this. Now, a few years ago, I had a weird connection with Iron Maiden, I lived in the country. We had our farm. We had a sort of racehorse rehabilitation farm and uh, heaps of acreage and blah, blah, blah. And I was approached by a promoter because I was in the industry and I was promoted uh, approached by this promoter who basically said, would you ever have a live event on your property? And I was just like, oh, you know, what, what, kind of thing. There were so many festivals at this time. Yes. Fucking, you know, there was, as as we've talked about, Day in the Green, Day in the Vagina, there were yeah. so many fucking festivals, you know. Um, and I was just like, well, you know, what's, what's this one now? And, oh, I can't tell you, can't tell you. It's Day a big on secret. the dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Day on the cookies. On the Day on the Coke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole week on the Coke. Anyway, bloody... Uh, this promoter eventually got him to tell me and he said, look, I, I was mainly worried about damage and noise because there was neighbouring And the horses, and, yeah. And the horses. The horses fucking freak out. Anyway, he said, look, the whole thing will be insured if there's any damage. He said, like, look, you, you know, there's the opportunity for you to kind of renovate your land and stuff. Like, do you know, do all kinds of things to it, the money that you will make from this. And eventually, yeah, he said, it, uh, "It's we're looking for a venue for a big Iron Maiden concert and they want it like in a, a, a paddock in the middle of nowhere because they don't want any sort of noise complaints or anything to stop it and they want their fans just to be able to fucking drive into the bush, park somewhere and like walk in and see them on this stage in the middle of nowhere and just fucking go crazy. Like a like a bush door or something, but rock and roll, you know. And um, I was like, oh fuck! Look, I just I couldn't have done. It, it was just, it just sounded too fucking full on. I don't know if it ever went ahead. I don't think so. Um, mm. But you know that would have been that would have been an interesting story. <laughs> interesting it story. Would have been. Bogan's tearing up the. I don't know how many people could you have out there. Ten thousand Iron Maiden fans. I guess, yeah, 10,000, 20,000 or something. I mean, I don't know how big your property was, but I don't know. Yeah, people get these ideas in their head to actually do that Mm. and to to get it done. It takes a lot of work. Yeah. And it's amazing 
you know, let's just do it in your backyard. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it, 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 the first thing that I would have had a red flag about would have been it's all insured. Which probably means it wasn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as soon as yeah, they say right. shit like that and you're like, don't lie, motherfucker. You've yeah. already told me you're fucking not insured by telling me. I don't need to know that. You know, yeah. that's sort of selling point. That's Flagging a point it. that you're kind of saying you can't. Because the insurance on one of those things would be astronomical. Astronomical. Yep, that's right. It, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, they've – it's it's. Did he have any teeth in his head? No, I mean this guy was a this guy was a, a legitimate. He was connected to one of the big names. He worked for one of the big names, not Gadinsky, but equivalent. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? They, they it was a genuine like they were genuinely scouting for a block because if you look at things like Comfest and stuff like that, where it's on the big festival, it's on on Murray. private land, huh? Comfest. Confessed on the, Murray. on the Murray. Well, it used to be in the old days in the eighties. They used to get naked and run around the Murray, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they move all the, it around. All my Jewish though. friends used to go. Yeah, they yeah, do, yeah. Right. They move it around because they don't. They they sort of make it secret right up until the last minute, and then because right. uh, they they don't want fucking losers turning up and stuff. It's just for their no. their their crowd, you know. But who knows? Yeah, it could have been an interesting story. So could have been a go. very interesting story. I was nearly hooked wow. because it was Iron Maiden, you know. Uh, but, yeah, not to be, not to be. So what other acts were they going to bring out besides Iron Maiden? Uh, Queen Do with… Do you remember? Yeah, Queen with um, Adam Lambert. That was another option as well. Oh. Uh, yeah. Would have been interesting. So, that, so that's not that long ago then? Not that like long ago, Like maybe 10 no. years or 12 yeah, years yeah. or something. Yeah, t- yeah, 12 years ago. Yeah, about I just would have been worried about the horses. We've done oh, they, backyard gigs and they they've got horses mental. and cows. Yeah, they don't oh, like mate. it. No, they just think the world's ending, you know, especially if exactly. it's fucking. They do think the world's ending and it's horrible. Unless they wanted to ride in on horses with their fucking. <laughs> fucking, who knows? Oh, by the way, they want to just uh, get your fucking horses and giddy up on them in the way. <laughs> bring them out on, you know, I could just see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, I mean, look, you can definitely hear a formula in their music with yeah. their tracks. Now, that was very meat and potatoes. The title track, Number of the Beast, I used to love this, yeah. I used to love it. I used to ask my brother what it meant and everything and he'd sort of told me a lot of half-truths and everything. I, I was only four years old after, after all. But I used to love the spoken word bit in the beginning and all my life, I thought it was Vincent Price, ah. but it's a guy. It's a they offered it to Vincent Price. Vincent Price wanted like twenty five thousand pounds or something for it, and they they wouldn't do it at the time. They were like, "Nah, fuck this." So they got this guy called Barry Clayton, and he reads like a quote from the Bible. Mate, Michael Jackson stole the idea f- for Thriller from this. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From this. I've never read that. I've never read that anywhere. It's but just you a go and listen. Mm-hmm. You go and listen to this song, The Number of the Beast. You will think it's Vincent Price for a start. And then you go and listen to the rap in in uh, Thriller that is Vincent Price. Thriller came out the th- th- Thriller came out later in the year. This came out 
This was released, this album, in I think it was March 82. Thriller was yep. released later in the year. So yep. there would have been time. And Thriller was Thriller was released as a single, I think, in 83. But the album came out, of course, with Thriller on it at the end of uh, 82. 100%, 100% Michael Jackson heard this and either uh, Michael or Quincy heard it and thought it would be a great idea for Well, they, for they would have – they must have changed it fucking quick because Thriller was – November the 30th, 1982. Well, this came out in March. So there's time. There is time and they are uncannily similar for that sign of – Yeah, you got to listen to them next to each other, guys. So check it Mm, out. There you go. I love it. So should we hear from one of our sponsors? Oh, why not? All right. Here's the commercial of the week. Boy, oh boy, makes you wonder. Sure does. Where did they get the money for that? Mercantile credits. Oh. Where did they get the money for that? Mercantile credits. Where did they get the money for that? Mercantile credits. And that. And that. And that. And that. Where did they get the money for that? Aha. Mercantile credits. You call us. There you go, your promoter that wanted to bring out Iron Maiden might have been with Mercantile Credits. There we go. Where'd they get the money for that? Yeah, blood money. Oh, remember, I don't even think they're around anymore. (laughs) And, oh, can you you imagine, do you remember that little Mercantile Credits? Yeah, I remember the... It was always on the radio as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, well, that's our 80s. Commercial. I did try and find something a little bit more interesting, but it's you know, it's it's sort of like where did they get the money? A lot for of that? them don't that survive. Was... You know, no. like a, a fuck, mate. Like tons of commercials, and I mean, it's it's what we can source. You know, a lot of it just hasn't lasted. It's been on tape that's just been destroyed, and yeah. So like a lot of these commercials that we play, beautiful little time capsule each one. Absolutely, and basically. We're running out of ones that everyone remembers because <laughs> the companies aren't around anymore. Mm. Or you have to look. I mean, I was looking at Hey Hey It's Saturday the other day, uh, looking at another show and, and there was a couple of commercials that were really cool in it. But do you think I could find it? I have to watch the whole show. What did you and think was, of the Hey Hey uh, reunion? Um, oh, look, yeah, it was okay. It didn't mm. excite me. They should have had a fucking live audience, even if it was like ten people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, maybe COVID they couldn't. Oh yeah, that's. But a good also, point. also, things have changed where they have to be so cancel culture and yeah. so careful with what they say. It's not a show that can work anymore. Like we nah. can say what we want on a podcast and people might hate it, people might love it, whatever, someone might see something in it or not. Yeah. It's safer to do it this way. And I just want to bring up two to everyone. I've had a really hard time with um, some of the record companies with our theme song this week, the 80s montage theme song. Why? Yeah. I put the podcast on Facebook. Facebook, you can now put your podcast on Facebook, right? As right. soon as I put the demo up, you know, our little 
20 minute, the 20 yeah. second demo. Yeah. I had all these record companies, Warner, EMI, trying to take me, trying to take the video down because that wasn't our music. And I was like, man, very frustrating. Like 15 of them, they've got bots or something looking for uh. music. So uh, we are. APRA, we do have a, a music license. As if we'd fucking play the songs and we didn't have exactly, permission. You know. You'd never no, get away with it. a lot of people it. don't. A lot yeah. of people don't have permission. Mm. They, they're scared it's a lot of money. They're not that into their podcast. I'm, I mean, I'm on this podcast group and they're such dumb cunts. They're like, oh, so who uses what music and where do you get it from that's like you don't have to pay for it? It's like just <laughs> fucking pay for just it, Just pay man. for it for fuck's sake. Yeah. The whole the whole not paying for music mentality is fucking killing our industry. Unbelievable. If it's not already dead. Jesus. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But great album. And the, the artwork was obviously fantastic as well. That mm. was the red one was, or was that another one? What? The what we, Iron Maiden What are we talking cover? about now? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's kind of red. I mean, the devil's red. He's red. Very red. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. That's the one. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Whoa. Well, now we're up to one of mine again. I have to bring this woman up because this woman became my life and it's an amazing album cover and this is an amazing song. Let's give it a whirl. Madonna's first album. Called Madonna. What a great bloody album. Oh, incredible. And the cover is so cool. She's got the 80s bracelets on. She's got the short blonde hair. It's a fantastic cut. Mm. She's got great makeup on. And inside the cover, I remember it being a photo of her with her hands on her head and I think it was a black jumper in it. 
exposed her belly button. That's right. With the black pants. So that was where the belly button thing started. Oh, she's got a really cute belly button and that. But I loved the record. I looked at this record every every day just about. It's a beautiful album. Like re- actually really quite simple and the photo of her is, is stunning. It is. It is. And she doesn't sort of look like her. Oh, I mean obviously not now but like even this first album we still really hadn't seen much. Oh, we'd seen a bit of her but it's the black and white photo was yeah. sort of big in the 80s as well. Madonna has absolutely beautiful eyes, really, yes. really beautiful eyes. Like odd photos of her, she can sometimes look a bit dodgy. Like like it's not like every single photo of her is stunning. The odd photo of her is stunning, but her eyes are always really beautiful. And I mm. think she she's actually her most beautiful in-between poses. You know what I mean? Like when she does it, when she puts it on, she isn't as sexy and alluring as when she's just a bit more pulled back, you know. I, I, and I think this album cover it, it captures her sort of in between. I, I love the look in her face. It's really understated. It's really beautiful. I love the dog chain around her neck. Yeah, yeah. Her hair looks great too. I mean sort of she, she – Looked quite different to this from what you saw her live. Like you know, she looked she looked a, a lot more bohemian. I think it's the black and white that gives it a bit more sophistication. This this look, um, yeah. But she looks incredible. I love it. I don't think we ever saw her with short hair like this that no, much. That's it. Because when she brought out Holiday, it was quite longish yeah. with the rags in her hair, and then. The thing that I loved about it, look, it was, I was tossing up between this and Like a Virgin. Both, for me, are the most iconic album covers, especially Like a Virgin where she just brought in the, the wedding dress and that all kind of happened. But the way she reinvented herself, I think that's my favourite part about Madonna. Yeah. It's not actually – I love her music in the first couple of albums and then it was like I understand what you're doing marketing-wise – but I'm not so sure about songs like Jimmy, Jimmy, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, like fucking shut up. Yeah, yeah. It was just every now and then she'd come up with this great idea and I I do honestly think I probably enjoy her reinventing herself more so than some of her music. Yeah, true. I mean she does have the odd album that's Absolutely perfect, I reckon. Like I think Ray of Light is amazing. I Mm. think Confessions on the Dance Floor is amazing. And that's stuff that she did later, you know. I really do rate – I really do rate her 80s albums. I, I really I really think they're great. But you're right. She does completely uh, reinvent herself like two, three times, you know, over in between albums. She's, she's incredible like that. It's always been her strength. Always. And not many people were doing it. It was like they wanted to look the same all the time. Yeah. And then, I mean, I remember seeing her on Countdown on the Meldrum tapes with Molly and she had no makeup on and she just looked fantastic then because we saw her without makeup on and that was a really big thing for me. It was like not seeing them all made up was quite just so cool, you know. Yeah. Bohemian, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, God, I saw – I watched a little bit of 
desperately and uh, not desperately seeking. I watched um, who's that a little bit of who's that girl today? Yeah. Fuck. She doesn't look great. I mean, she doesn't look great in that. I think she just tried too hard oh, to be. Absolutely. You know, once again, just sort of cutesy voice. And yeah. Stuff. Fuck yeah. the voice, Jesus. I don't but, know. I guess she just needed to move. I don't know all the mm, time. Yeah. But, and and she wouldn't be easy to say, hey, Madge, can you stop there? That's like too Mickey Mouse, you know. But yeah. we still loved it, like causing a commotion and songs like that. We still loved. But I think this was, in for my childhood, buying this record and hearing it, every track was amazing. Yeah. And then Like a Virgin was the same. And then I sort of got over the, I, I got um, the other Madonna album. I also loved that cover. With white heat on it and stuff like that. But I don't know. She just changed. I could never buy a Madonna album after the first two mm. straight away because I was too afraid to see what how much she changed. Yeah, It was right. just too much for me. I was like, oh, yeah. am I ready? Yeah. Especially when music came out. Music, that album, I knew she'd had the cowboy vibe about her and I wasn't sure whether I wanted to go there. Yeah. So I did buy it and it sat in my cupboard for about a week until I got it out. And I think it was um, uh, Don't Tell Me or something where I saw the video clip and went, oh, okay, maybe it's going to be cool. Which is a phenomenal fucking clip. But a lot yeah. of people gave up on her around that sort of cowboy era that she that she did. A lot of people didn't like it. They were like, nah, you, you, you're just dipping into too many influences now. Yeah, that's right. And wasn't that the stage where she was going out with Guy Ritchie or? Mm, yeah, yes it was because I, yeah. I remember them. That used to shit him. me when she used to change for a fucking yeah. men. Yeah, she. I, I remember him wearing – uh, a shirt with music on it, and she had he, she ah, had a yeah. shirt with snatch on it. Remember? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking hell! And I remember he he used, I think it was like a virgin for, was it lock, stock, and two smoking barrels or snatch? It was snatch, and he thought he would get it for cheap, but the <laughs> the, record the record company charged him full full price for it for for the licensing. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was my iconic. Reggie Lucas, Jelly Bean and Mark Caymans were the producers. Jelly Bean I think was a last sort of thing where she brought him in on the project and he was mm. the mastermind behind a lot of that sound. And she was going out with um, Jean-Michel Basquiat at the time, the, the amazing artist. This is, okay, this I thought she was going out with Jelly Bean. Oh, she, Jelly Bean. She then went out with Jelly Bean. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, yeah. She um, a lot of like when she was writing it and so forth. I believe she was with um, Basquiat, um, and and um, I mean that sort of testimony to the kind of crowd she was hanging around with. Very artistic yeah. and very New York. You know, that's right. Really creative. Love. You've that. got to get in the center of everything yeah, to you make do. yourself something. Yep. You got to be surrounded by people that inspire you. Yeah, so that album was 40 minutes and 47 seconds long. Bloody beautiful. Perfect. Now this next one, honey, I'll play this track and then we can introduce the album. Mm-hmm. And it's cool and I hope I've again picked a good song for you. Awesome.
Fuck, I love that song. <laughs> I once went oh, to an audition for a musical and it was something yes. like, I don't know, Priscilla or something, and you could pick whatever you wanted. Oh, you had to do songs from the show, but then like for your third song you could do whatever you wanted and I did that. I did that song. <laughs> I used to fucking wow. love it. I used to love that song. Just because it was like a big party song and, I mean, they were a hand metal band they used to get a lot of shit at the time and in they retrospect did. just for being taking the metal thing and making it really pop. Um, but they were a big party band. That's their thing. They sort of – where Motley Crue was going in terms of dressing up like chicks and, um, you know, going in that direction, they sort of took it even further. And they were it was, it was almost like sort of fluoro metal – um, if you know what I mean. Fluoro metal, that's yeah, cool. You know what I mean? And, and um, yeah, they – look, I used to – we used to still love them at the time. I used to love them at the time. We, we saw it for what it was. But um, I don't know. There's no denying that this album and that song in particular was a lot of fun. Uh, this this the, this the album that came out in 88. This is Open Up and Say, Ah, Ellipses, Ah. Heard that a couple of times. Yeah, open up and say, ah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not Um, by a dentist either. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Uh, See, I was going out to clubs in these years. Yep. And I would have missed this whole genre. Yeah, I would have seen it on a couple of TV shows and I would have just walked past it. But I think it wasn't a musical just recently uh, with. The one with Russell. The one with Tom Cruise in it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it reminds me of Rock that of now, ages. which is Rock of Ages. I don't mind Rock of Ages. It's fluffy, but if you feel fluffy, put it on and fluff it, you know. Yeah, it's a very shiny version of LA and Sunset Strip and everything, you know. Very glee version of, of all of that stuff. Tom Cruise sucks in it though. Oh, fuck. Why the he fuck did they get him? I don't know. They could have got somebody know. so fucking good. Yeah, they could have. I, I guess know, he's just, a name. Well, it's know. Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's Tom Cruise. You'd, you'd be dumb. I mean, if Tom Cruise showed interest in your project, I don't know, would you be dumb to turn it down? I mean, you, you can't. part of you would just want to see what he did with it. And I mean, he really yeah. tried. He and really then redo it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, oh, we'll just no. see how you go, Tom. Yeah, no, it's no good. Let's do yeah, it again. Yeah, look, we've tried, Tom. <laughs> You're just not cutting it. The rock shit. <sighs> I don't know. You look like you can't stick it in. What's it's going so strange. on? Strange. He sort of very his strange. Posture was really look. He looked. He looks. He looks great for his age. But I mean, yeah, his posture was really weird. The whole f- fucking thing. Was really weird. He just didn't look comfortable. It just looked too constructed. But yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. This album had Fallen Angel, Your Mama Don't Dance, and also Every Rose Has Its Thorn, which is their biggest, most successful track. Mm-hmm. Love it. We used to love that. He wrote that about an ex girlfriend. We used to love that. Now, the album cover uh, is. Has like poison written in green in their sort of iconic font was, um, you know, really, really popular. They used to – you could see it up in sort of neon lights and so forth. 
it's it's basically an image of this model called Bambi. She's got a Bambi. Tons, yeah, she's My got name's a, Bambi. That's right. There are there are a lot of strippers and models and stuff called Bambi in the eighties. Um, yeah. This, this one, she's got her tongue poking out, and they've like elongated the tongue. She's got sharp teeth and shit. This was also sort of, I mean, they let bloody Iron Maiden get away with the number of the beast with the devil on it, but they they made them change this one when they released it. This is in 88. And this would have been after, um, this would have been after sort of there was a big ban on controversial artists and so forth. So, yeah, they everybody was asked to sort of pull their heads in a little bit. They changed it by, I mean, the version I had, the Australian version I had had the original, had the Aussies had no problem with it. But yeah, they didn't. The American copy, you just see the eyes of this chick, like sort of cat eyes, and she's got like fucking tiger makeup on her face. Um, you'd know it if you saw it with the poison written in green and like this model with she's all in red with like a fucking tiger with a massive tongue. And so you loved you it as a kid? Loved it, loved it. They weren't. Poison weren't my favourite, but I loved the album cover. It's sort of – the album cover was a lot more sort of metal and dangerous than they were. <laughs> and yeah. I, I liked that because it sort of – it grounded them a little bit. The previous album to this was um, Look What The Cat Dragged In. that came out in 86 and it's basically split into four with the four band members and they look like chicks. Yes, yes. That's good, that one. Yeah, they look like chicks. That's a good album as well. Um, don't look like chicks anymore, though. No, they don't. No. No, they don't. Don't sing like chicks either. No. No. But Very look, nice. Loved them. Loved them. Um, he's still got the voice, Brett Michaels. I saw him a couple of years ago. Hasn't got the hair. It's a wig. Mm-hmm. But um, still got the voice. Still got the voice. He's still still able to cut it on stage. So well, that's, that's good. That's one thing. That's right. So there How's you go. his waistline? Can he cut his waistline? It's not too bad. It's not like oh, bloody – it's not like Vince Neil, you know, which is oh, just yeah. like – See, I get those two mixed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot. Yeah. I'm picturing Vince Neil and now I know who you're talking about. Well, Poison is like the the diet version of Motley Crue. You know what I mean? You know what I'm diet saying? Diet Coke version. Yeah, yeah, same taste but fucking, you know – Still yeah, shit. Still shit. Same same taste, but bit of an aftertaste. And yeah, you <laughs> I don't, know, yeah. You don't drink half of the can because yeah. Chuck it but, away. CC um, Deville as well, like awesome fucking guitarist. Everybody. Yeah, there's there's something something really sort of carefully considered about poison. And I didn't pick up on it at the time as a kid, but in retrospect, it comes across as a little bit manufactured. Oh yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, look, they were they they were like a party metal band. That was their thing. Yeah. So there Sex, you go. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, they used to pull the chicks. They were very popular. Very oh, yeah. like, white girls used to love it. You know, oh. <laughs> they used to fucking love it. Oh. it very like it's like sort of stripper music. This this stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, Mm. There you go. So we're on to our last album. 
just everyone that's listening, if there's an album cover that you like or you want us to talk about an album or anything at all, write into us on the80smontage.com and we'll do that. We've done some really good album reviews and next week we're doing an artist, aren't we? We're doing a special on an artist. We are. Will we say it, what we're doing? Yeah, why Listen not? Listen in, why not? We're looking at Elton John in the 80s. Woo! Elton John released something like fucking eight or nine albums in the 80s or something ridiculous like that. Really, really productive. Like you think of him as being, I don't know, like a 70s artist, but um, mm. really prolific in the 80s. Uh, great voice and, yeah, I mean it was a great decade, decade for Elton John. So we're going to have a look at the albums that he released in the 80s next episode. Absolutely. So the last album, of course, is one of mine. This is... Oh, I remember getting this when I was 13 for my birthday on tape and it fucking rocked my world. And he was a bit scary. Have a listen. Eleven, not thirteen. Oh, is that right? Far out. Yeah, nineteen eighty-one. I was three. Oh God, <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> so at eleven, I'm listening to this record, and then I go to school the next day, and I'm like telling the kids I've changed my name to Annie Christian. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Yeah, my name's Annie Christian now. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, they didn't say that. They were like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, this woman that Prince sings about, she's everything I want to be. And this story about any Christian is the fact that she's a whore and she shoots guns and shit. And I loved it as a kid. I was like, oh, my God, I want to grow up like any Christian. That's brilliant. And oh, fantastic. I changed my name and then I used to like swim in the pool in the backyard and my old man would hear this record. 
about, you know, it was very sexual and very, you know, don't listen to your parents or otherwise you'll just be fucking your whole life or you won't be fucking, you know, and stuff like that. So my dad was like, this album is very full on and, you know, my mum was like, ah, don't worry about it, she'll be all right. But even though these albums were, I mean, it was controversial, the album cover was gorgeous with Prince on the front and his purple jacket. I didn't find him incredibly attractive, I will say. I was a little bit scared of him but I understood the energy of him. Like I was yeah. like, oh, this yeah. energy that was really mysterious and sexual and, oh, you know, it was like. You recognised you know, that it was sexy. You know, you recognised that it was sexual but it was like mm. it was you were, you were more kind of like, fuck, he, he really put you on the spot with his, he with his did. look, you know. He did. He yeah. was incredible. And I also thought the whole album was fantastic. You know, Let's Work's one of my favourite tracks. And the band, we got to see the band. And this was the first album where I really discovered Prince. Yes. I hadn't heard much of the other stuff. So I sort of went from here and then went backwards and then also went forward. But I had a really hard time deciding which Prince album as well. It was out of this and Sign of the Times. But I think I like albums with faces on them, really. With heads on them, I mean. Yeah, I love this. I love the really early print stuff. I don't. I'm not hugely into the first album, um, but I love the 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 ones from 1980 onwards. You know, um, I love. I, I think his his sound was so accomplished a couple of years into his career. It's incredible. Well, he played all the instruments on this himself. Yeah. But all he did was write music. All yeah. he did. Yeah, that's like, right. Like you don't find war, you know, horses, you know, war horses like that anymore that just sit there and work and work and work and work and work. Yeah. And then marketing and then you had your Purple Rain that came out and all that stuff. Like there were so many. Even though we're going to the normal Madonna, Prince, Michael Jackson, even though we didn't do Michael today, it's still what was big in the 80s. You yeah. can't go past those major artists, Duran Duran obviously, because they were huge. Nowadays there's so much music, there's so much information, which is good but it's also bad Yeah, because yeah. everything gets lost in the wash. Yeah. The, and, and the other thing is the, the albums that we've had that are sort of hu- hugely iconic now – I mean, this is Prince's third album, I think, or fourth album, is it? Third or fourth or something like that? Yeah, that was Madonna's, yeah, yeah it was his uh, fourth. That was Madonna's first album. You know, that, yeah. um, you know, that, was, that was Guns N' Roses' first album. This is their, a, a lot of them, so, so very early in their career. They weren't yet legendary, you know. This was, the, this was part of what made them legendary. And they're so, so good, these these albums that we've chosen. Mm. Incredible. Mm. Incredible. I mean, I don't remember many kids listening to this like I did, but there were a few that really got into it. It wasn't until I was about 18 where I was going out with all the Prince lookalikes and their girlfriends that were Vanity Six lookalikes. You know, that was huge in Dandenong in the 80s. Yeah, to yeah. go to Chow's Disco with a bloody Prince lookalike <laughs> or a John Taylor was another one. John Taylor lookalike. They all yeah. loved to look like him and every chick, you know, they had their pick. But now, I wasn't like that. Can you remember you were in that band 
with a very similar name to this album? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Are we allowed to mention the name of the band? No. Okay. No, I'd rather forget it. All right. So it was very similar, very similar to the, the name of this album. And huh? remember they paid Except for... Except not talented. <laughs> yeah. Rem- except for you. Remember um, Remember they had, they got the name of the band in neon? They had the neon sign? Yes. Yes, I do. And remember it was spelt wrong? <laughs> Was it? It was spelt wrong, and and I came oh to see God. you guys. Yeah, I came to see you guys, and I walked You're up to fucking. You're kidding me! What, what was the ball? I have never heard this ever. What was hey? what was his nickname? What was the ball one's nickname? Shook. Yeah, but what was Shook. his nick, nickname though? His nickname. Yeah, what did we used to call him? Fucking, we used oh, to call him something. I, know. I don't know. He man, he man, or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. He um, didn't he pay for it? Did he pay for the neon sign? No, we with that band. This was the fuck thing about that band is we were pa- we paid for everything, so we we split it six ways. Oh Jesus! And I remember them saying to me, "Okay, so we need your partnership signature." And I'm like, "I'm not fucking going partnership with anyone in this band, mate, because I want to be able to get the fuck out when I want to." Yeah, you know. As if I would go partnership. I'm better than all of you put together and you want me to fucking give away my vag so you can all spit on it. Fuck that shit. And they were going to sign you in. Sign me in. And I said no. I said no. And then he cracked the shits because, you know, fucking I just left our bloody other Muppet show. So we were the hottest thing at the time and I just went straight from that to – Getting an email from these guys because they knew that I'd left fucking um, the Muppet Show, yeah. And and I only sort of did it because I needed the money because I was sort of told there's no more money. Fuck you. And I went, well, fuck you. Oh, how many how many seconds have you got until another band rings me? Do you reckon, dickhead? Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And then I did this band for a while. I got caught up in it for a little while and thought they really need some. They were really shit at the start. They were doing seventies and eighties. It just didn't work. They were daggy. They were wearing this fucking shit. And I said, <laughs> look, you need to fucking settle the fuck down yeah. and do eighties, and that's it. You know, seventies yeah. went out in the nineties. You know, it wasn't yeah. in anymore. And yeah. that's when the shit hit the set. So Maddie used to hate these rehearsals because it was just cigarette smoking and just egos the whole time. I didn't feel like I was in Bon Jovi in that band, but they were in Bon Jovi. They really did. Yeah, they, they really, really did. did. Yeah. And I remember Zach coming down to see the band and he fucking howled laughing for fucking hours oh, watching no. it. And then I remember thinking, oh, look, this isn't going to work. I'll just stay here for a couple of years. And then I'd had enough. And I remember You were doing it for the money. I mean, you were doing it for the money. Because at the time there was so much going around for this kind of thing, you know. Well, the the problem was there was only a couple of bands at the time that were really trying to compete against the band we were in. Yeah. But even as shit as The Muppet Show was, it was still – it had us in it to put it – up front compared to everyone else. Yeah. But, of course, they've got that section now yeah. and I'm trying to turn them around and make them more interesting. They kind of didn't play together as a band as well. They, they kind of – the instruments were all uneven. And they were competing. Like very competitive. And then, of course, 
It was, how did I do that? Was it good? Was it good? Was it good? Do I ask if I'm good fuckwit? You know what I mean? Like oh, I don't Jesus. need to tell you this. So it was very draining for me because I was always like a mum. Like, yes, darling, you're great. Yes, you're great. You might get but, a compliment like in a band. You might get a compliment from one of your band members once in a blue moon and that's all you need. You know what I mean? Like, I you're had not... to make sure that no one in Rewind 80s needed that needy shit. Yeah. Because I'm not going to sit nah. there and suck everyone's dick. I don't have it's fucking the, time. It's actually the worst fucking thing, especially Absolutely. if you're especially if you're one of the decision makers and you're the singer because you've got someone who needs their fucking, you know, their, their bum Ego. padded all the time. Yeah. And it's like, it became very, very hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I used it's... to get so fucked up drunk that I couldn't even walk on stage some nights because <laughs> I hated it so much. Anyway, we we came to see you. Were, you were awesome the night we came to see you. Um, but the first thing I noticed was that the band's name was spelt wrong. Oh my the, god! I the, never heard that in the fucking neon sign. And it, it's like the person making the neon sign didn't notice, and then or or spelt it wrong, and then no one in the band noticed. Because it no. would have been behind you, yeah? It would have been behind you. It was behind, yeah. But they, they wouldn't have known how to spell it anyway. So, so Well, then and he I, had a tattoo done of the name on his arm and they oh. didn't fit the fucking name properly. So maybe you oh. did spell it wrong Fuck. and gave it to the guy because they had to squash in the last – I mean, who the fuck gets a tattoo of your cover band? Oh, right. no. How embarrassing. Yeah. Anyway, I went up Poor to him cunt. and said, um, oh, mate, is that a – oh, no, I said, oh – is that an artistic decision, sort of how you've spelt it like that? No, that's how you spell it. I was like, no, oh, dude. No. no, no, no. That's not how you spell it. You should is. I was like, no, dude. And this is sort of like, I don't think I looked it up. I think I, I, you know, I know how to fucking spell it. And I was like, no, uh, sorry, that's spelled wrong. <laughs> no one will notice. Wow. No one will no notice. No one will notice. I said, dude, I just noticed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And once. Wow. Once I saw that, I then, I, I guess it, it then started making me look at other stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, that, of course like, it that would. Then yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, what what else is done wrong? You, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I Fucking could hell. name. You were, yeah. you were, yeah. I you, didn't even know that. See, I How didn't even know. I didn't even know anything was wrong. I never knew anything was wrong. Um. Because I guess you just sort of, yeah, you get up there and you, you've, you're a professional and you, you did such a great job. Um, and I never knew the, the sort of inner workings and everything until sort of years yeah. later. And it's so funny to hear it. But yeah. Well, we did a, a private function for a friend of mine for a company and we had to do an encore and they would fully argue about the encore on stage. Like, what, what did you do? And Maddie and I'd be like, oh, God, fucking just pick a song. So Maddie started a song and I can't remember what it was. It might have been Sunglasses at Night or something. Yeah. And he dropped his guitar and packed it up and walked off stage because he didn't get his way. Yeah, it was the Fuck. most embarrassing oh. thing. And that was the night... I said to Maddie, I'm leaving this band tonight. Oh, no. That's it. So I went up to all of them and went, yeah, thanks. My last gig tonight. I can't do shit like that. I can't oh, fucking be unprofessional. No. You guys are fucking monkeys. I'm out of here. <laughs> Have a nice life. See you later. And, of course, I've left Maddie on his own 
And they've just fucking gone, Sammy, 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 Sammy. And then I said to Matt, you've got to leave this band now because they're going to fuck you over. And sure enough, they did. Matty went to Jimmy Barnes's house. He had all this stuff happening with Barnsley at the time with the Attack of the Mannequins. And he came back and he was relying on this money that the cover band had for Christmas gigs. And he got a fucking email saying, don't bother turning up. We don't need you. And they put fucking ugly back on the keyboards, fucking praying mantis. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and I said to Maddie, I fucking told you to leave months ago because that's how they worked. It was a real power play. But I'm fucking, I don't need that. Yeah. I've got me, mate. I'm Not fucking worth a band. lot. No. You know, you do it for the money. You do a great job at it. You have fun. You do it to have a few drinks and you do it to make money. It, you know, you don't do it for all that other boring shit. Fucking hell, mate. No. Jesus. Not at all. But, yeah, that's that's a bit of a backstory, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Where very did you interesting. come and see that? Is it called the Star in? Oh um, yeah, that was South the one Melbourne. Zach came to. Yeah, he was just yeah. laughing. Oh yeah, so Zach hard. was that that one too. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That, I remember right. Zach laughing so hard that I thought, oh god, what have I done? Oh fucking hell, mate! I'm like, no, because I dragged all my friends down. Look, I got caught up in it a little bit. I oh, you do. You try to make it work. Yeah, you do. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you got a shit job and you start fucking everyone in the job. You well, it's like when you've got it. a new girlfriend or boyfriend and you know they're not the one, but you try to mm. make the, you know, try to make most the most of it, of it while you're there. Someone <laughs> better comes along. Uh, well, there we are. There's our fucking ep. Yeah, There's our what an ep. Favorite album covers of the 80s, guys. Hope you've enjoyed that. It's been a good laugh. What Absolutely. else? Absolutely. That's about well, it. Look, we're now, um, We have a new landing page, everyone. Great. We have a new landing page. It's. Um, Rewind80smixtape.com.au. All the tickets are on it. You can go any part of Australia and find your tickets on that and it's going to be around a lot more when we do some marketing and stuff but it's rewind80smixtape.com.au. Fantastic and it's really good too. I checked it out the other day. Looks great. So check it out, everyone. Awesome. Now, it's also Simon Lebon's birthday yesterday. Yes. It'll be a couple 63. of days ago. 63, can you believe it? Still looking great. Still looking yeah, great. Yeah, he does. He yeah. does. And I don't think he's had that much work done, has he? No, not by the looks of it, no. He doesn't have that sort of sort of pushing up old flesh kind of look. He just looks <laughs> he looks 63, but he looks good, you know? Yeah, I love um, an aging 63-year-old. Also, ben. for all, all my wogs out there, it's also Oki Day. Oki Day. Oki means no. And it was oh. when the well, Oki. Um, okay. Yes. It was when Mussolini and the and the sort of fascist army of Italy wanted to enter Greece and bring troops into Greece because they were sort of aligned with Hitler and so forth. And the Greeks just said Oki, which means no. Oki. So still it's Oki Day. So my Greeks out there, let's hear it in the house. All you Greeks wow. out there. They, what the f- I've never heard. I mean, I did Greek at school, but I've never heard of Oki Day. Yeah, Oki Day, mate. O-X-I, Oki. Yeah, no. That's yeah. no. Like, yeah, Oki. it is, mate. It is. And it I is. can't. So it's that day for me every day. Oki Day? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, see, no. I'm a yes person. Mm, no, I'm not. Aren't you? No. No. no, I get some fucking stupid cunts talk to me about their ideas and I go, no, nah, 
Nah, see, I'm a yes nah. person. That that gets me into a lot of trouble. But yeah. Anyway, great episode, guys. Mm. Love yous all out there, all around Australia and the world. This is the 80s montage. And if you want to catch any of our social media stuff, it's www.the80smontage.com. You can become a Patreon for as little as $1.50 a month and you can subscribe on any platform. Chuck us some money on Patreon. We'd love you for it. Patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. That's right. Regardless of what platform you listen to us on, please like, share, rate, review and become a follower. Subscribe. Mm. It's really important. Don't just sort of listen to the odd episode. Become a subscriber. It's free. Why not? And even better, become a Patreon just to send me mention for as little as a dollar a month. For $10 a month, you get the extra episodes, which are really, we're, we're really pissed by them. They're really funny. So check it out, guys. We love you all. Thank you to our subscribers. Thank you to our Patreons. And if it's music, mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. Unreal. 